Welcome to Acona Beyond the Articles, the podcast of Acona Online, the student-run newspaper for the Academy of the Holy Names in Tampa, Florida. Each episode is hosted by our staff members in which they give their opinions on a variety of current topics. We publish one episode per week, and you can find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Now, let's start the episode. Hello, and welcome to the Acona Podcast. My name is Reagan Finch, and I'm a senior staff writer, and joined with me is Senior Tress Jacobs. Hi! Today, we're going to be talking about Billboard's end-of-the-decade charts. At the end of every year, Billboard will always come out with charts that say what the top songs were of that year. They'll usually be separated by genre, so it will be top 100, top pop, top rock, you get what I'm saying. But because it's 2019, goodbye to the 2010s, Billboard, in addition to their yearly 2019, they also released end-of-the-decade charts, which were also split up by genres. A lot of people agreed with most of the charts, but two in particular had a lot of disappointment online. The first being rock, and the second being hip-hop slash R&B. And today, we will be talking about both of those. So we'll start with rock first. I'll read you out the top 10, but I'll just give you a rundown right now. A lot of people took issue with that almost none of the songs in the top 10 are rock. Okay. So the number 10 slot and the number 9 slot are Stressed Out and Ride by 21 Pilots, respectively. Do not get me wrong, I used to be the biggest 21 Pilots stand, like Same. 2015 through 2016. Same. That was my jam. I've seen All them. I listened to I've seen them live three times, and they're probably one of the best, um, probably one of the best concerts that I've ever been to. Do I think they're rock? No, I do not. I yeah. think they're alternative pop, so. Yeah, no, that's true, because Ride's not even, like, it's got such, like, a mellow theme, not mm-hmm. theme, but. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um. Number eight is Feel It Still by Portugal the Man. I can kind of see this a little bit. Yeah, I mean, eh, like what you said, like, I feel like it was more alternative pop. I mean, more pop than alternative, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Number seven is Shut Up and Dance. I don't see this one at all. This, I think this is fully pop. Yeah, <laughs> that's definitely not rock. There's not an ounce of rock in there. Where Where is the rock? I don't know. Shut Dwayne? Up and dance. The Dwayne. <laughs> okay. Number six is Heathens by 21 Pilots. See, back to 9 and 10. I think this one is a little bit more rock-esque. Mm-hmm. But With the, um, like the... Especially that riff where it's like... Yeah, boom, boom, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's what I was just So thinking. I see that. Number five is Ho Hey by the Lumineers. I don't even think this is pop. I think this is folk. How did I get... Okay. I think this is folk. I don't think even think this is pop. Uh, not at all. Number four, High Hopes by Panic at the Disco. Yeah, I mean... Some of Panic! the Disco songs, I feel like, can be considered rock. I would classify I their 2000 songs as rock. Definitely not their newer stuff. I think their yeah. newer stuff is more pop. When he did Me with Taylor Swift, I was like, okay, yeah, he's oh, fully yeah. left the rock genre. <laughs> I still haven't listened to that entire song, actually. But mm-hmm. The top three is where most people take the most issue. I'll tell you the number one, two, and three slot, respectively, right now. Number one is Believer by Imagine Dragons. Number two is Thunder by Imagine Dragons. And number three is Radioactive by, you guessed it, Imagine (laughs) Dragons. Okay. I, personally, I haven't listened to Imagine Dragons since, like, freshman year, so 2016, Mm -hmm. maybe? So, this is, like, definitely hard to believe. Because, for me, it's like, who's still listening to Imagine Dragons? There are people, apparently. They're number one, two, and three. I know. 
But it's definitely not rock. I mean... I think they're pop rock more than anything. Yeah. I'll be the first to say it. I don't like Imagine Dragons. I haven't <gasps> since 2015 when they did Top of the World. But when that's you started... That's my favorite Imagine Dragons. Okay. When you started hearing them on Riverdale, that's when I knew, oh, this isn't for me anymore. This, uh, this was never really for me in the first place. I'd describe Imagine Dragons similar to Maroon 5 that no one... They're no one's favorite band. They're just kind of there. And they do well in the music industry. I mean, clearly they do well. They're number one, two, and three on the top rock charts. Radioactive, I think, well, I feel like this kind of just, like, loud music, not mm-hmm. necessarily rock. So, when this came out, a lot of people on Twitter were like, Imagine Dragons, they are the Nickelback of the 2010s. Ooh. What does this mean? And the lead singer of Imagine Dragons reacted saying, and he tweeted out saying, got on Twitter to find all the slander and all the love. Thank you for the love, and yeah, I'd probably be mad if it wasn't my bl- band, but it is my band. Ha 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 ha. <laughs> I mean, I thought it was an appropriate way to react. Yeah. At the end of the day. You're number one. You're number one. Exactly. It's a huge accomplishment. I have a lot of respect for this guy and his response, because while I don't like Imagine Dragons, while I don't like Imagine Dragons, I have respect for this guy and how well he, like, came on and thanked his fans. Because if you go on the internet for a second, you're going to see people clowning Imagine Dragons. Like, their music's on Riverdale, so I really don't know what else to say about that. So for him to go on and, like, kind of, like, make fun of all the hate in that, I have respect for him for doing that. But do I think it's rock? No. No. Someone pointed this out on Twitter, and I think it's a really good idea to bring up, that music and specifically genres are super subjective. So what I think of as rock may not be what someone else completely different thinks of rock. Like, I think of, like, you know, heavy guitars, like a drum, but, like, you may think of it as 21 Pilots, The Neighborhood, and Imagine Dragons. So at the end of the day, while we don't personally agree and a lot of people don't agree, they're number one for a reason, you know what I'm saying? Like, they're obviously people listening, they're number one for a reason. It's just, like, our opinions of rock and a lot of people on Twitter's opinions of rock is very different from what Billboard is booking for. And maybe that means that the music scene is changing, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. It's just catching a lot of people off guard, you know what I mean? You see a lot more what we would classify as rock bands now, not as popular as they used to be. Yeah. I think especially now alternative. I would I would classify 2015 alternative as rock. Yeah. Like Arctic Monkeys, um... Franz Ferdinand. Like, more of those, like, alternative kind of grungy bands used to be popular, but now I think, you know, if you look at the top charts now, rap tops the charts, so I think rock is not fading out, but it's certainly past its prime. I feel like it's, like, like developing to stay relevant, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, you can see that in Panic! at the Disco. Mm-hmm. They're a lot more poppy than they used to be, and that could just be their personal music taste changing, but also Fall Out Boy. Look at Fall Out Boy. Did you... Fall Out Boy, I think, lost their relevancy. This is, again, personal opinion. I think Fall Out Boy lost their relevancy in 2017. Definitely. When they made, I heard, like, an EDM remix of their songs that they made. Oh, yeah. I feel like if you, their latest album was really just a mess for me sonically. Mm. It didn't make sense. It was really unclear, like, what genre they wanted to do. I think they wanted a little bit of everything so someone could find it. Oh. But it was so vague and so all over the place, no one really enjoyed it. So I think that the idea of rock is changing, and those that are trying to hold on to it are changing so much that they lost their original fan base. 
I think it used to be, like, kind of cool to listen to rock, like, especially in 2015. We all think of that, like, uh, my music taste is different era, and I think 2015 oh, yeah. embodies that especially. Like, I listen to Arctic Monkeys and Halsey and Troy Sivan. So I think, going back to what we said, um, Sydney Wills had a podcast about new songs coming, and it turned into um, toxicity in music fan bases. There's mm-hmm. a sense of entitlement when you listen to something that isn't necessarily mainstream. And I think 2015 was, like, the peak of that, like, I'm different, even though you listen to Halsey and Arctic Monkeys and, like, The Neighborhood. The Neighborhood! I discovered the song before you. Mm-hmm, exactly. So I think that kind of faded out around that era, and people got tired of that. But I think it's coming back in other genres, like Rockhampton, Tyler yeah. Creator, stuff like that. So, to get a conclusive answer, were any of these songs rock? In my opinion, No. I don't think they were. I think they're either alternative or pop rock. But then again, genres and music and all that are subjective. It's in how you listen to it is different from how I listen to it. But at the same time, I think there are elements of how it sounds that classify it as rock that I don't think any of these songs have. Moving on to the second chart people took issue with, hip-hop and R&B. People took issue with this straight away because they grouped two genres together that really don't go together anymore. Billboard didn't really make a separate chart for rap, so they just kind of encompassed everything remotely, hip-hop, R&B, and rap, into one singular chart. Personally, I don't think that works, because those are very different types of genres. As far as hip- when I think hip-hop, I think like rap music, and like things with heavy bass. Yes, bass. And then when I think of R&B, I think of like Summer Walker, and like Ari Linux and like not rapping but singing. Yes, I agree with that. I feel like R and B is more singing and hip hop is more rapping. So the two can't really be compared because they're like two different mm-hmm. skills almost. Ugh, two different skills almost. Like you can't compare the two. I agree. Like if someone's a good singer, they might not be a good rapper. If somebody's a good rapper, they might not be a good mm-hmm. singer. Like it's not the same thing. So. And also, I think. Genres have become so ambiguous now, mm. and to group these two together feels like we're kind of taking a step back, like, yeah, musically. Just, like, lumping it all together. So now we're going to go through the top ten chart. I think this is better than rock, because I think almost all of the songs have an aspect of hip-hop and R&B. But then again, because the chart is so broad, you're basically having three different genres in one space. It's going to be hard to not have some aspect of one of those three genres in your song. So number 10 is God's Plan by Drake. I understand I see this. That song was huge. It was. I honestly thought it would have been higher. Number 9, Happy by Pharrell Williams. I don't think this is hip-hop or R&B. I think this is straight-up pop. It's not at all. It's. I mean, if anything can be played in the Minions, it should not be (laughs) on the hip-hop and R&B charts. Number 8, Sicko Mode by Travis Scott. I thought this should have been higher. I 100% see why this is in there. I just thought this should have been higher. I honestly thought that would be, like, top 3. 7, One Dance by Drake. That's not hip-hop. Well, that might be R&B, but it's not hip-hop. Mm-hmm. It's, I don't know. This is why this argument is why they should have made um, separate charts. Because yeah. it's so like, uh, I can kind of see this, but like, I don't know. I think it would have been better if they made separate charts. Yeah. Six, Rockstar by Post Malone and 21 Savage. Yeah. I didn't know this song was that big. Yeah. I mean, I liked the song. Especially because Post Malone has so many other, like, more popular songs. Mm-hmm. Like, literally anything else but (laughs) i mean i can kind of see it being on the chart for hip-hop yeah number five the hills by the weekend 
I did not know this was his biggest song. Yeah. I can see R&B with this one. I did not know this was his biggest song. I can see Earned It and yeah. being on the R&B Earned chart. It, Starboy, or, um, what's the other one? Can't Feel My Face. Oh, true. Those all would have been, I mean. Yeah. Yeah, but. Number four, Sunflower by Post Malone and Sway Lee. I can, well, I didn't I know see that's being hip-hop or R&B. I feel like that's more, I don't want to say pop, but, like. Yeah, I see what you're saying. <laughs> but not. But, yeah. I can understand why it's that high on the chart, though. It's a very popular song. Mm-hmm. Number three, Blurred Lines by Robin Thicke. That's not hip-hop or R&B. Also, Robin Thicke? <laughs> I don't know if you've heard what he's done. I'm going to just tell you right now, it is not good. But that's oh, it's all about, like, how it did well. This song did very well in 2013. Oh, yeah. But I would not classify this as hip-hop or R&B. I think... Mm-hmm. The only thing that it's got going for it is maybe R&B because that bass line, like, brr, yeah, brr, yeah. Brr, but, like, even that is just, like, a little bit of a... Mm. Mm. Number two, That's What I Like by Bruno Mars. I feel like Bruno Mars is more pop than he is R&B and hip-hop. Well, mm-hmm. some of his songs, anyway. Lately, like, around 2015 and on, he's gotten more into, like, R&B, like, I think of Treasure, Perm, and um, that one song he did. On the dance floor. Oh, what's that one song you did with um, Mark Ronson? Versace. Yeah. So I kind of see this one. I did not know this song, but number two. Mm. And the number one song of hip-hop and R&B, this includes rap, of the entire decade, Thrift Shop by Macklemore and Ryan Lewis. <laughs> I gotta tell you, when I saw this, I laughed out loud. Yeah. No. I feel like that's so not only wrong. Well, like an insult to anybody else who ever does hip-hop or R&B. This, I, I, yes, this song did well. It bo- It was a bop. It was, but over Every? everyone? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everyone? No. Definitely not. It's just, it's, huh. it's hard to see, because you think thrift shop, and you're like, oh, yeah, that was a good song when I was, like, 12. Yeah. You're not, you know. Over every single R and B and hip hop song that's like ever come out in this decade, it's really hard to believe and hilarious. I agree. Do I think that thrift shops is hip hop slash R and B? Yes, but that's not the issue. The issue is that it's thrift shop. Nothing against Macklemore and Ryan Lewis, but like, out of everyone, after you've seen the top ten, I get. That's what I like ish. I get the hills. Mm-hmm. I get sicko mode. I get both of the Drake songs. But everything else is kind of like. Uh. I feel like they almost did it by like which songs were listened to the most in this decade. Like what was replayed the most Because mm-hmm. like using Thrift Shop as an example, I know I used to play Thrift Shop constantly for days until I memorized like the whole song. So that could also be something they did, like, not only which songs deserved it, but which songs were more played the most, or, like, slash popular when they came out. Mm-hmm. So. I think that my main issue is the genres. They're mm-hmm. so, like, genres are so, like, in between now, and going back to, like, this is hip-hop, this is R&B, it makes an issue with, like, well, is this really hip-hop? Is this really yeah. R&B? So I think, like, if they did, like top songs of the decade that would have been that but like mm-hmm. 
I see both sides as to why they did these charts and genres. On one hand, if you're looking for like, oh, I really liked like rock this year, I really liked like R&B, you go there. But on the other side, genres are so like cookie cutter that we had the issue like, is Blurred Lines really R&B? Like I can kind of see it with this one thing, but not really another. Mm -hmm. So I think putting something into a box leaves it too open for like, well, I kind of agree. I kind of, I don't know. It's very subjective. Yeah. It's like, um, yeah, like you said, putting it in a box, you're making it one thing when it has like the potential to be other things. So then you're questioning it. Like, is it a perfect fit? Mm -hmm. Or is there still something to do that? So. I think music and like how you listen to something is very subjective. Like, I could think something is, like, rap because, you know, they're rapping, but you could think something is, like, oh, this is more pop. It's very upbeat and stuff like that. It's very, like, in the eye or the ear of the listener, so. That is cute. The ear of the listener. But, yeah. I mean, yeah. Okay, so I'm looking at it, Sunflower. Like, the, the verse Post Malone did, I can kind of see why it's in the hip-hop and R&B section. But the rest of the song, like, all of Swayze's parts are not hip-hop and not R&B. So I guess it's because it's a hip-hop artist and an R&B artist mixed together. That's mm -hmm. why they're on the chart. Because you kind of see that a lot with songs nowadays. It's, an, it's a singer and a rapper, mm -hmm. but not a singer-rapper. Yeah. So. yeah. The first singer-rapper I think of is Drake. Mm. And I think, like, you could put him in any category and he'd kind of like he'd have just enough to fit it true it's kind of similar to what we were talking about with fallout boy like i think drake is able to take so many elements and it works for him but fallout boy did too much and too like vast like mm. i think you could put drake in pop rap r&b hip-hop and he'd do well in any of those but when fallout boy's trying to be in pop rock alternative edm pop it doesn't work for them because they have their niche of like 2004 he sings high, they wear eyeliner, and, like, everyone remembers them for that. Or, like, 2015, when they kind of went a little bit more poppy, but it's still alternative. Like, my my songs know what you did in the dark, mm -hmm. centuries, and stuff like that, and they had their niche. They had their older audience, and they had, like, a younger, kind of, older tween, younger teens oh, yeah. listening. Teens. Exactly, and they have got that prime, but I feel like they lost their audience when they tried to get into straight pop. I think Panic! at the Disco could barely do it, mm. but I don't think Fall Out Boy did that successfully. And even then, I feel like Panic! and Disco is not doing it that well. Mm -hmm. Like, they're they're relevant, but not that relevant. Mm -hmm. This is another thing, like, talking about what happens when a band, they've kind of passed their prime, mm -hmm. how do they stay relevant? My Chemical Romance in, like, early to that, late 2000s, early 2010s, they were at the top. They were in the emo trinity along with Panic at the Disco and Fall Out Boy. Mm -hmm. I used to be an emo kid myself. Mm -hmm. So what they do in 2013 when they realized either it was because of band differences, but my theory is they realized if they kept going, they'd be past their prime and they'd be forgotten. Mm -hmm. So they they stopped their legacy while they were ahead and broke up. Yeah. And now they're doing a reunion tour. And everybody's psyched about everybody's it. Everybody's psyched because they remember them for that. But when I think Fall Out Boy, yeah, I think of, you know... Thanks for the memories, dance, dance, and I think of sent and um, my songs know what you did in the dark. But then I think of the random stuff they did in mm -hmm. 2018. It was a EDM remix. Like I, it ruins, it taints their happy memories of yeah. Them. They haven't been, and then it's like it's kind of sad because they haven't been irrelevant enough to have a comeback. 
Mm-hmm. So if they release a new song, like, right now, I'll be like, oh, it's our You're comeback. Like, Everybody's going to be like, yeah. You never really left. You kind of just stayed idle. Mm-hmm. I don't understand why country music is so popular. I don't either, but, like, you know, you gotta do what you gotta do. Even country's becoming more poppy. Mm-hmm. The first thing I think of is, like, Florida Georgia Line. Really? I Remember they did that one song with B.B. Rice? It was like, if it's meant to be, it'll be. Oh, it'll be. Because nobody listens like country country except for like the iconic songs it's a pretty popular genre I know people that listen to just like solely country solely country no 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 like only country not soul country I meant like solely like only oh I thought you meant like country with soul I think this conversation right here also reaffirms what we were saying earlier like you and I both hate country. I would personally listen to anything but country. But there are people who it's their favorite genre, that's the only genre of music they listen to, and it's because it's subjective. Like, what you listen to, there's no right or wrong answer to what you listen to and what you shouldn't. That's why there's so many different variations of music. Personally, there's a band called 100 Gex. They opened for Brockhampton. I was terrified of them. I do not know what genre they were. I just know I didn't like it. But there are people that absolutely love them. They're opening for Brockhampton. They obviously have an audience that they're projecting out to. So I think that maybe what we define as rock or what we define as hip-hop or R&B or rap or anything like that could be completely different to what the people at Billboard classify. Oh, true. Because if you've been listening to ACDC your entire life. Exactly. And then you switch to like... 21 Pilots and Magic Dragons. Your idea of what you classify as rock is going to be different. Mm -hmm. But if you started with 21 Pilots, and you started with Panic at the Disco, and all of those, you're like, oh, yeah, that's rock. Because that's yeah. only what you know is rock. So at the end of the day, who's to say? Right. Who's but I, in my opinion, and many people on Twitter are saying that, that this isn't rock. This mm-hmm. is more like pop rock or alternative. Twitter is brutal, though. It really is. If you're on Twitter, you got to hate something. <laughs> so some concluding thoughts. Do I think that any of the songs on the top 10 chart were rock? Personally, no. But then again, going back to what we've been saying, it's different for everyone. I know personally I don't see the rock, and I know a lot of people don't see the rock either. But ask anyone who likes Imagine Dragons, I haven't met anyone, I'm going to be honest, and ask them, do you think they're rock? And I'm sure someone's going to say yes. Ask anyone who likes 21 Pilots if they think they're rock, and someone's bound to say yes. Because music, it's so broad, and it's broad for a reason, because everyone has different tastes, and everyone defines something as different. Do I think that the hip-hop and R&B had aspects of that in their chart? Yes, 100%. But I think that's only because the chart was so broad and it was basically three genres in one, that it was only applicable because of that. But I think next year, especially for this genre, that they should split it up into hip-hop, rap, and R&B. Or hip-hop slash rap and R&B. Because I think if they had split them up, if there was a song that would have done really well on the R&B chart, gotten super high and gotten the recognition it deserves, but with this chart where they put it together, it probably got like number 15 or something, you know what I'm saying? Which still, it did really well, but it's not getting the full recognition that it deserves, you know what I'm saying? So, that concludes our Icona podcast. Trust, thank you so much for coming. Of course! Thank you so much for listening, everyone, and stay tuned for our next podcast. Bye!